Um, I know everybody just sat down, but I want everyone to stand up and to sit in a seat that you've never sat in before. Whether that's a row in front of you, whether that's on the opposite side of the room, whether that's wherever it may be, sit in a seat you never sat before. If you're a first-time visitor, this is super easy because you've never sat anywhere in here before, so you're blessed. I'll explain why in a minute. Yes, yes, and bring your stuff with you. If you want, yeah, there we go, I like this, mix it up, let's go, come on. A seat you've never sat in before. I like this. This is good. I might call some of you out if you're sitting somewhere I've seen you sit. <laughs> Just kidding, I won't call you out. You're fine. All right, I like this. This is good. I like this. Um, I'll explain why in just a second, but first I'm going to give a little bit of overview. So for those of you who don't know, or maybe those who do know, we've been in Ephesians for the last few weeks. We've um, just been diving in and unpacking it. It's just been super good. Andrew opened up for the first two weeks and taught on a mature church, part one and two. Um, talked about living as light, right? That we're not just, it's not just you're a little light, you know, this is the light of mine's a great song, but it's not really true. Like you're the light of the world. Um, we were darkness, now we're light, and talked about why it's important that our theology is based in the Bible and not just what culture says, right? Because it's, if our, if our doctrine and theology and our anchor is in even how culture interprets the Bible, you know, as time changes, then we are swayed by every wind of doctrine. And so it's just so super good, just the truth being the truth, no matter Mountain high, valley low, no matter what's happening, this is, this is the way to go. And that almost rhymed. Um, <laughs> some of y'all better write that down. No, just kidding. Um, and then last week, Steve taught on greater grace, which was super good. And Marcy talked about forgiveness, which we're going to kind of loop into this. So it's really good. It's kind of a setup. So I'm calling, I don't really have a title, but my title would be Mature Church Part 3. I'm stealing that from Andrew slash uh, by grace through faith. And so we're going to be diving into Ephesians 2 today. And the reason, why, the reason why I'm calling this a mature church is because I think a mature church has to understand this Ephesians, I mean really all of this, but Ephesians 2, we're going to be really diving in through 1 through 10 and then maybe getting to the rest of it depending on how time goes. It's important that we understand this because this is how we mature in the Lord. By grace through faith and what we find in these 10 verses is how we, it's one, how we find salvation, but also how we mature. And so the reason why you're sitting in a different seat is because I heard the Lord say that he wants to give us a different perspective this morning. And so it doesn't mean you're hearing something new, like the angels and elders and creatures cry out, holy, holy, holy. And they have like a million eyes all over them, right? And they're always seeing something new that they cast their crowns down before him. He's not necessarily changing, but they see something about him they didn't see before. And it provokes another response in them of holy, holy, holy. Does that make sense? 
And so this morning, you may, like, you may not hear anything new, right? Like sometimes in our culture, I think we're always like, what's the newest revelation? It's like sometimes you just need the gospel. Like it's not about what's new. It's about is it impacting you? And so that's what I'm feeling this morning is like the Lord was like, I'm giving fresh perspective. And so hopefully you were looking here with a different perspective than you've ever seen. And it's because you're going you're gonna to get a fresh perspective this morning. Are we good with that? Yeah. Coolio. So I know we already prayed, but I'm going to pray again because I need it. Y'all need it. No, just kidding. <laughs> Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity just to come into your presence and to worship and to know you. Lord, not just to know about you, but to know you. And Lord, this morning, I pray that as we dive into your word, Lord, as we unpack this, Lord, that you would be glorified, you'd be magnified. Lord, I pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to understand. Lord, I thank you that you're giving us new perspective. You're giving us fresh perspective. Lord, I pray where there's been familiarity, Lord, that you would blow with your breath, and Lord, revive things that have been dead. We thank you for it, and Lord, we just say it's all unto you. Lord, it is unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, that's good. So yeah, we're going to kind of just dive into Ephesians 2. I'll tell you all, the longer I'm a Christian, the slower I read the Bible. Um, it's so true. Like, I was... We knew we were, you know, we knew we were teaching on Ephesians, and I was like, oh, I'm going to try to, like, read Ephesians every day or every couple days, and I'm like, I'll read three verses and just stop, you know? Um, so I want to, we're going to go through Ephesians 2 probably very slowly, so you can turn there if you're not already there. Um, the, I didn't make up the title by grace through faith, it's right here in my Bible, so just so y'all know, it's, you know, that's like a thing already, uh, and I can't take credit for it. So Ephesians 2 is Paul explaining this process that happened. In Ephesians 1, he's talking about like the inheritance we've received that we're seated in heavenly places in Christ that you know we're adopted now, we're his sons and daughters and we're holy and righteous and blameless before him and all this stuff and it's really beautiful. And then in Ephesians 2, he kind of explains a little bit of how that happened and what that process looked like. And so that's what we're gonna kind of dive in. I believe it will speak to us no matter where we're at. So let's start Ephesians 2 verse 1. It says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. That's some bad news. Um, did you know you were dead in sin? Like you weren't, you weren't like sick in sin to where it's like, oh, you'll get better. It was like dead, like dead is dead. You were dead in sin, you were walking according to the course of the world, you're following the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that now is at work in the sons of disobedience. I know some of us, last time, maybe not last time, I think it was the time before, I taught, I like asked everyone to like raise your hand if you've been saved for like five years or longer, they're 10 years and 30, and some people in this room have been saved for three times longer than I've been alive, which is really humbling and amazing, but I want us to even picture right now and think about what is it like to be dead in sin? Some of you may have to like think back to your pre-Christ days. Some of you may be saying, I feel like right now I'm following the course of the world and I'm controlled by the power of the prince of the air and culture. If so, awesome. I have some good news for you in just a few minutes. 
But I want us to think about that. What was it like when we were dead in sin and following the course, the power of the world? And verse 3 says, among whom we all once lived. We were all there. None of us were born into perfection. Um, Y'all notice I didn't start off with Genesis 1 because I'm going to hit it right now. So, you know, (laughs) for those of you who know me, I always talk about Genesis 1. So, We were created for union with Christ, and Adam and Eve in the garden, they chose to become their own gods, Elohim, it's plural. Satan said, you know, God knows if you eat of this fruit, you'll become like gods. And so they chose to know for themselves good and evil apart from him to judge God's goodness. So they were like, we're stepping out of the umbrella of God to judge him and if he's really good. And what happened is they disconnected from life and that we are born into our own knowledge of good and evil apart from him and we're born into trying to be self-sufficient without him and it doesn't work. And so we're dead. We're born alive but dead spiritually. And so verse 3, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh carrying out the desires of the body and the mind And we're by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That got from bad to worse. Honestly, like this this went from bad to worse. This went from you were dead in your sins to now you're living and obeying the passions of your body and of your mind. And again, some of us may need to like think back to like, wow, I remember when I was bound to the passions of my body and my mind. And some of you may be feeling like, that's right now. Like, that's this morning. And either way, this is some good news. And this is how, for us to mature in Christ, we have to understand where we came from. Because if we don't understand where we came from, then we can't understand what he did and where he's taking us. Like, we have to understand this progression. That's why I'm calling this Mature Church Part 3 is because if, we need, if we're going to understand by grace through faith, we need to understand what his grace did for us. And so the turning point of this, where this starts to get good, is verse 4. It says, but God. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Like, here's where we are. Notice it doesn't say so God, and it doesn't say and God. It's not like you're dead in sin, and God decided. It's but God. It's in contrast to what we were, he did. In contrast to what we were doing, this is what he did. But God, verse 4, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. This, I'm like, this is good. I'm just, I'm stopping. He's rich in mercy. Can I tell you this morning that he's rich in mercy? And that when you're dead in sin, he's rich in mercy? That it's who he is? He's not struggling to find mercy for you. He's not like struggling and like going through his wallet of mercy and it's like empty. He's rich in mercy. This week I was, as I was thinking about just riches and people who are rich in the world's eyes, I was looking up some different, some of the wealthiest people in the world and looking up what it looks like to be rich. Just to get an understanding of what rich in mercy means. And looking up like people like Jeff Bezos who own over $500 million of real estate. Like, he has several cities where he has several houses in one city. Does he need several houses in one city? It's because he's rich. Like, think about it. He, he's rich, and he needs a way to express his riches. 
So he has houses, he has yachts, he has like all this fleet of private jets, it's crazy. He needs a way to express his riches. God is rich in mercy and he, being loved, needs a way to express his mercy to you. And the way that he expresses his mercy to you, he's rich in mercy, verse 4, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, not our dead, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved. I think Paul just got so excited, he just threw this in there, by grace you've been saved, because he says it again. When you were dead, he made you alive. Up to this point, what have you done? Up to this point, you've sinned, you've been dead, you followed the world, and you've obeyed the flesh. That's what you've done. And what, I, I mean, I, I just want to give us perspective on this, like really, because we can, we sometimes, here's what happens. We get saved and we understand the miracle of salvation, but then we think that to continue to mature in Christ, it's in our own hands. And so we totally miss it. And so I'm, here's the secret for you. The same by grace through faith you got saved into is the same by grace by grace through faith that you mature into. It's the same way. It's the same power. And so, I don't even know where we were anymore. Verse three, yeah. No, verse four. Whew. No, verse five. Okay. <laughs> even, it's just good. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's some good news. He didn't, just, he didn't just make you alive. It would have been enough if he would have just made you alive and been like, okay, now you're alive. But he expressed his love towards you, then he raised us up and seated us in Christ and heavenly places with him. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy good. That's right, Greg. Like, that's crazy good. And I want to point out, I want to point out all that you've done up to this point is lived in the flesh, been dead in sin, but you have to accept the but God. You have to accept the but God and you have to receive it. And what does this phrase by grace through faith mean, right? He says it twice in here. By grace, it means it's a gift. Like you didn't earn it. You didn't, you can't earn this. You can't earn him coming. And actually I think sometimes we think that we're supposed to earn it like, okay, sometimes we turn for God so loved us that he gave into for God so loved me that now I need to fill in the blank. Now, his love does provoke a response out of us, but we somehow think that it's like God did all of this and now we're like, all right, Lord, now I'm going to prove to you I was worth it. And that's how we stay immature for our entire lives as Christians is by trying to prove to the Lord that we earned it because actually it was his grace and a gift that we couldn't earn in the first place. And that's what I mean. If we don't understand that we didn't earn it then, we won't understand that we still didn't earn it now. And we'll spend our lives trying to do good works. I'm already getting ahead of myself. We'll, sp try, we'll spend our lives doing good works to try to earn the love that he gave us rather than out of an overflow of the love that he gave us. Like, think, think about this. Y'all know... I think it's First Peter that says Christ was he was foreordained, crucified before the foundation of the world. So it's like, this might wreck some of y'all's theology, before the foundation of the world, Christ was crucified, but he was manifested to us in these last days. So God is like, God as love, I want to just 
picture this conversation. The Trinity, God as love, is having conversation, and he's like, as love and as mercy and as kindness and as grace, how do we manifest this to the world? It's like, I have an idea. Jesus is like, I'll give myself for them. I will sacrificially lay down my life for them when they're dead, when they couldn't earn it. Like, that's crazy. That, like, what? <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not kidding. Think about this. When you're at your worst, Jesus is like, I'm going to lay down my life for them and give myself to them. That, that is how they're going to know the riches of my grace and my kindness and my love towards them. But what we've done sometimes is we've taken that, we take the cross, and we're like, that's how I got saved, but now I'm going to sit here and walk this out and in a sense prove to the Lord that I was worth it, and I'm going to like, I don't even know what we try. Like, I don't even, I don't even know. I'm like, what, what are we doing? I'm going to start back in verse 6. And he raised us up with him and seated us in, with him in the heavenly places in Christ so that, why did he do this? You're about to find out. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ. That still is crazy. Like, he's like, I did all this so that in the coming ages I can show you the immeasurable riches and kindness towards you. It's not, he did all this so that now we can. He did all this so that now, for little, so it's for the ages to come. It's like you can't even get it at once. Your life as a Christian now is to be continually, as the ages come and go, to be continually unveiling layer by layer the goodness and kindness and mercy of the Lord towards you. That's your job as a Christian. Like, it's in the ages to come. And if you think that it's like, oh, man, you never get it. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, you get it, but you never, like, I have it. I have the fullness of the riches of, you know, the kindness and love and grace of Christ towards me. Like, I understand the fullness. No, you don't. For the ages to come, he did it so that in the ages to come, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Then he says it again, verse 8. For by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Praise the Lord. Not a result of works so that no one may boast. You can't boast in it. Like you can't. This is, I mean, this is about salvation. But again, us maturing, you can't boast in your fruit. Like, as you mature in the Lord, you can't boast in the work that he's done to you by grace through faith. And I want to unpack this even more. Like, by grace means it's a gift to you, right? Like, it's a gift. You completely can't earn it. And by faith means belief, right? It's our belief. So we receive this gift through believing. It's like, your ability to receive is attached to your ability to believe it. It doesn't mean that if you don't believe it, he's not good, but it means that if I'm sitting here on the hamster wheel of my own works to try to earn my salvation or earn my sanctification, and the Lord's handing out freedom to me, I'm not going to receive it if I don't believe that that's how it works. Does that make sense? It doesn't make his freedom any less real. It doesn't mean that he's any less like 
he's any less good, but my ability to receive it is in a sense tied to my ability to believe it. And you have to have a transformation, you have to have your mind renewed in order to actually believe this gospel. I think it's uh, Judas Smith says, he says, your greatest challenge as a Christian is not your discipline, your devotion, or your focus. Your greatest challenge is believing a gospel so scandalous. Your greatest challenge is believing the gospel. Your greatest challenge is believing the gospel. Because this is offensive. Like this, you can't, you can't add this up and it makes sense to you. Like if this, if this makes sense to you, you don't understand it. Does that make sense? If this makes sense to you, you don't understand it. Yeah, if, if you think you understand it, you don't understand it. If it makes sense, it doesn't, like, you don't get it. Like this, the only calculator that this adds up on is the calculator of heaven. And when you're walking in the spirit, it's like, yeah, this makes sense. But in your flesh, if this is like, oh, that makes sense, like, that's fair. No, it's not. Like, if, if that's, that's a better way to say it. Rather than if it makes sense, it doesn't make sense. If, it's, if this seems fair to you, you've missed it. Like, full on. It's actually meant to be so unfair that for your entire life you're amazed by it and that's like what sustains you in Christ. Like he's like, how am I going to express my infinite riches and grace and wisdom and love? I'm going to come and die for them. And that, like he actually believes that's enough to completely transform us for our entire lives. Do we believe it's enough? I'm, I'm asking myself that. Like there have been so many times when it's like it's been Jesus and my own me and it's like, it doesn't work. I know it doesn't work, but I still try it. Doesn't work. I can tell y'all it doesn't work. Um, for by grace you've been saved, verse 8, through faith, this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I love how... He talks about it's not about our own works because we're his workmanship. It's like, you can almost picture this, if you're like a wooden sculpture, it's like you're trying to carve out yourself and it's like, no, it's not about you working to be it, it it's he works to make you that. Like you're his workmanship and when you understand you're his workmanship, you can do good works. You can do the things that you can do in your Christian life when you understand I'm actually his work. I'm the fruit of his work. That's a thought right there. I'm a fruit of his work on the cross. And it's now not about my own works, but it's about what he's done. And it doesn't mean works are bad, right? Like, like your prayer meetings, quiet times, you know, generosity, giving to the poor, spending time with the poor, like those are amazing things. But if you're doing that to carve yourself into the work... No bueno. When you understand that you're his workmanship, it starts flowing out of you. And, and again, I'm not saying any of those things are bad. They're actually amazing. They're actually what we're called to. And actually, beforehand, they were prepared for us. So the Lord already prepared these amazing things for us, but they're not the way that we become his workmanship. They're actually what we do as his workmanship. And if we don't understand this, we'll live our lives in immaturity as believers. 
Because no matter what we do, it will never be enough. And no, then it's like the more that we do, the more that we need to do, and then we start feeling burned out and done and exhausted, and then we just get, we're through. I know some of y'all have been there. I've been there, like legit burnout mode, like I'm, I'm done. Like, I quit, you know? That's what happens when you try to do our own works. I had this, oh my goodness, I had this picture last night. I was trying to go to bed. The Lord just downloaded this to me, and I freaked out. I couldn't sleep for a couple hours. I'm totally serious. I was up to like two in the morning. The Lord was like, a lot of times when people feel burned out, it's like trying to plug a power strip back into itself. We try to do works to try to re-energize ourselves. Like we think, oh, I'm burned out, I'm whatever, I need to do more, whether it's like Christian service or even like quiet time, like I need to be more faithful in my devotion to the Lord because I'm feeling burned out. And he's like, no, by grace through faith. What does that mean? What, what, so what's the, what's the flip side of that? Is that if his grace, like Steve taught last week, it's the, the empowering presence of the Lord to, um, to empower you to be who he's called you to be and do what he's called you to do. So if his grace is his power towards you, faith is what connects you to the power source. It's like when I went to bed last night, my phone was on low battery. What did I do? with my phone when it was on low battery. So in the natural, we all know that my phone needs to be plugged in. But with our spirit sometime, we try a hundred other things. Like when we're feeling like low battery, we try a hundred other things. And I had this picture last night, this is what like just, whew, rocked me was the Lord was like, a lot of us are coming to the Lord with a dead phone, we're the dead phone, and we're like, Lord, it's not, like, and it's like our faith, right? We're like, Lord, it's not working. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, you need to return it or exchange it or upgrade it or fix it. Lord, fix it. And he's like, have you tried plugging it in? Oh my goodness. That's a word. Have you tried plugging it in? This thing is designed to not die. Like, it's designed, actually, hold on a second, you're about to get a this is good. My phone has been alive, up and running for 576 hours. I'm going to do a little quick math. 576, 524. That's 24 days. For 24 days, this thing has been running full steam because, it under, because I understand how to plug it in. Twenty-four days, no, twenty-four days, this thing has been running because I understand how to plug it in, and you understand how to plug it in too. But when it comes to the Lord, sometimes we don't understand how to plug in. We don't understand by grace through faith. It's like if his grace is the power outlet and faith is our charger, it's what connects us to his grace. It's believing in the power he has towards us. We take our chargers and plug them back into ourselves. And we're like trying to re-energize ourselves and charge ourselves up, and it just goes into burnout, and then we get into low power mode. And what happens when my phone goes into battery saver mode, it's like certain things, you know, kind of start, they like tone it down, like the, the display goes down and whatever. I don't think this phone does it, but my last phone had what it called ultra power saving mode. And ultra power saving mode, the screen went to black and white, GPS wouldn't work and Wi-Fi wouldn't work, all you could do is call and text. 
And some of us are living in ultra power saving mode. Like all that, all that we feel empowered to do, all that we feel empowered to do is like the absolute basic necessary things for this to still be called a phone. Like you're like, all that I feel empowered to do is all that I need to do to still be a Christian. That means that you're in ultra power saving mode and we need to understand how to plug in. Like we have to understand how to plug in because what happens is we get in this really like just tired, worn out place. We understand we're saved by grace through faith, but we think now we continue through our own strength and then we just get really burned out and done. And now we're trying to plug our charger back into our our own selves and it's just a downward spiral. And the Lord is like, the Lord wants to connect us back into his grace through faith and empower us to live out who he's called us to be. And it's like, when I plug my phone in every night, I don't think about if the electricity is going to charge my phone. Like you, don't, like, you don't think about it, right? Like, you're not, you don't, like, go and be like, okay, is it going to work this time? It's like, it works. It's designed to work. It's his design. And now my phone, oh, my goodness, my phone serves me. Like, this, like, I, you know what happened? I plugged my phone in last night, and I went to sleep. I slept, and this thing was being recharged. When you understand by grace through faith, you get recharged as you sleep, you get recharged as you give, you get recharged as you do, like, you just, you're just recharged, like, regardless, because you're plugged into the power source, and you understand that, like, it's his grace, it's a gift, that I could never earn it, and it's by faith, it's me believing his love and kindness towards me, that actually as freely as I've received, now I can freely give, and I'll do, as the end of this Ephesians, well, Ephesians 2.10 says, you become his workmanship, and you do all the good works. It just happens, like it just, it works. It works, like it does. It's just, it's his design, and if if you're in ultra-low power battery-saving mode, whatever it is, the thought of trying to use a GPS and navigate across a country is, like, freaky to you. Like, you're like, I don't have bandwidth for that. I don't have energy for, like, I can't do that. And if some of you in this room are feeling like you know what you're called to, but right now you're like, there's no way I could ever do that, I believe the Lord this morning wants to show you his design I believe he wants to show you how you're called to function where it just happens. Like it's just natural. And what I don't, like this isn't even a thing. Maybe this will be a thing in the future. But it's like as you stay plugged into him, you begin to get upgraded. You know, like your phone will be like software update and you download it. It's like you, be, you continue to mature in him as you continue to be empowered by him. And it's like, we have software updates, but it's like the Lord's like, hardware update, and your phone's like, that's what it's like by grace through faith, is everything that you need to do what you're called to do and created to do is found through being empowered through him. And now, my phone, I use my maps on here, it navigates me, it shows me where I'm going, it helps me get there, I call people, I text, I do all these things, and the only power source is the one outlet that I plug this into. Grace can empower you to do all of it. His grace empowers us to walk how he's called us to walk. Like, end of story. 
Like, that's it. And so what do we put our faith in to receive his grace? Because a lot of times, we, I think we get mixed up between like faith, like you're praying for somebody, and it's like, Lord, do I have faith? I'm, yes, that is faith, but I'm talking about faith, like the faith in what he did and who he is. Like there's, like, there's a cross-shaped outlet that we plug our faith into that gives us grace to live how he's called us to live. Like inside the death, burial, resurrection, and the return of Jesus is all of the grace that we need to walk how he's called us to walk. And when we understand that, we start overflowing with good works, and then we can begin to freely give as freely as we've received, and we can love people when it's not fair. Because it's not fair. Like, it is so not fair what I've received. Like, it's not fair what you've received. It's so not fair. And so for us to mature in Christ and mature as a church, we have to understand, like, we have to get it, that we continue to grow in Christ by grace through faith. The same way that we're saved is the same way that we mature in him. It's not like now we just, it just happens. And we'll go to, we'll do prayer meetings, we'll do house of prayer, we'll spend quiet time with him, we'll do all these things as we grow in him. But it's not the way that I, it's not the way that I'm energized. I'm energized because I'm connected to him, because I'm plugged in. And I feel like the word of the Lord to some of us this morning, the perspective he wants to give us is that we're allowed to live our lives plugged into him. Like, this doesn't exist in the natural yet. I don't know if this even can exist. But it's like there's a little wireless thing that we live as Christians where we're always plugged in. It's like the nearest outlet. Like, we're just like direct connection to it. We're always plugged into him. It's not just about your quiet time in the morning, which is amazing. And like, I'm a huge, that's like my huge thing. I'm like, gotta spend time with the Lord. But if your maturity in Christ hinges on your hour with the Lord every morning, that's really scary. Because if you miss it, then you're automatically going backwards. Your maturity in Christ has to depend more on what you can do for him. Like it has to. His grace never ends. And what happens as we mature in Christ is like our phone chargers, right, with that analogy, it's like our bandwidth increases and now it receives more power. And we receive more grace. It's not that he's giving us more, it's that we begin to grow in our faith and understanding of what he's done, and it grows in how much we can receive. And it's like, I, I just have this picture of like, this, this phone transforming, it's like the battery gets bigger, the, like it's just like, as it's plugged in, it's just growing into this like mega something. That's what it's like in Christ. As, we, as we're plugged in. And so this morning, yeah, we're not going to get through the rest of this. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, this morning, I feel the perspective the Lord wants to give us, like I said, is that we're allowed to live plugged into him. And I felt like the Lord this morning was addressing a few things. One, people that feel burned out and just done. The Lord wants to, he wants you to plug in. And two, people who don't feel burned out, but feel like if they were to truly walk in what they're called to, they wouldn't be able to do it. Like, you feel this pressure or weight of like, I... I'm, in, I'm not in ultra power saving mode, but I'm in battery saving mode, you know, and I can't, I can't do all of this right now. I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to get through, and I felt the Lord wanted us to connect our faith to his grace, 
if faith is our phone charger, if it's our charger, the Lord wants us to connect it. Because you can believe the grace is there, like you can believe that the, the outlet has power, but we're trying other things to try to recharge our spirits. And it doesn't work. Like, it doesn't. He works. That doesn't work. Um, and so, yeah, it's so good. And that's how we're brought near. Also, just to highlight really quick, verse 13 talks about, but now in Christ, you who once were far off have been brought near by his blood. We can only do that because of the cross. Like, the only, the only way that we can live in that is through understanding the cross and what happened. It's understanding that we've died with him, we've been buried with him, resurrected with him, and now seated with him in heavenly places. Again, completely unfair. Doesn't make sense. You can't calculate that out on a calculator and it comes to like equals. As long as you can meditate and be amazed at the cross is as long as you'll be receiving by grace through faith. Like as long as, you, as long as you can sit here and believe that what he did is real is as long as it will empower you. Again, not because his power changes, but because we're plugging into it. And so this morning, if we can just stand up even, I just, I feel like the Lord, again, fresh perspective, I feel like the Lord wants to give us perspective of the cross and what he did that we've never seen before that empowers us. It's the empowering. Like, it's such good news. Like, it's like, like last night when the Lord's like downloading to me, like, he's like, have you tried plugging in? And I was just up. Like, <laughs> I was so tired and I was, I could not sleep because it was, I was rocked. I was like running around my room. I was like, woo! Because it's that simple. Like, the only thing that keeps this going is it being plugged in. Every other thing it does drains it. The more that I use this, the more that it gets drained. But the more that it's plugged in, the more life that it has. Like, that's profound. And like, for us to plug in, I feel this morning to connect our faith to his grace. Connect your charger to the outlet. And some of you, I also, this was hilarious. I was like, Lord, I don't question whether the outlet's working. And, the, and I had this thing where it's like, the only way I'd question if the outlet's working is if a storm came and knocked down my power lines. And some of you may feel like a storm came and knocked down your power lines and you don't even have electricity. Like you're like, I don't even know if I have, like there's the storm that came, I don't even know if I have grace right now. And Jesus is better than Encore. Encore is amazing. Bless you if you work in Encore. <laughs> we love Encore, but Encore can take a couple days to restore your power lines. Jesus is 24-7 immediate service. It doesn't matter what storm came, he's restoring your power lines. And so this morning, what I want us to do is meditate on his grace towards us. And I want us to put our faith in it. Like I want us to even... I don't know, it's a, like maybe you're someone who like you picture things, like you can close your eyes and see it. Maybe it's like even going back through Ephesians and being like, Lord, why did you show me your rich mercy and your love with which you love me? Like, I don't know, 
what that looks like for you. But I promise you that if we can connect our faith to his grace, we'll be on like overload. Like it's overload. Like it's, it makes me want to run around this room right now because it's so unfair and it's so good. And so Jesus, Lord, we thank you for the cross. Lord, we thank you that you who knew no sin became sin, that we could become your righteousness. <laughs> what? Lord, that you who knew no sin, Lord, that you were not dead, you took on my death, Lord, that I could be alive and raised up with you. That in the ages to come, you would show me the riches of your grace and kindness. So Lord, right now, I pray that we would have open eyes to see the riches of your grace and kindness towards us. Lord, that we'd have open eyes to see with a new perspective the outrageous, unfair scandal of the gospel that you've given us. And Lord, every place where we've tried to use works to craft ourselves, Lord, I pray that you would break that off and show us that we are your workmanship. Lord, what does it mean to be your workmanship? And Lord, right now, we plug our faith into your grace and into the good news and into the outrageous power that comes through believing. I want to just take a few minutes and just respond however you feel led. Whatever it means for you to plug into his grace and the riches of his grace towards you. Maybe it's meditating on the cross and like seeing it, like seeing the cross and saying that was for me. <laughs> seeing yourself with him on the cross, seeing yourself buried with him in the grave that when he died, you died. Seeing yourself raised with him to new life, that just as he's alive, you're alive. extravagance of your love towards us. Lord, we break off performance this morning. Lord, we break off everything inside of us that says that we need to earn it. 
Lord, we break off everywhere where we've tried to now earn your love. Lord, we've now tried to, we've tried to work something in our flesh. We've tried to plug our energy back into ourself. Lord, we repent. And we come back to you, Lord, and we say we could never earn it. We could never deserve it. And Lord, I pray for amazement. I pray for childlike wonder and amazement to be restored into our hearts, Lord, for what you've done and who you are. Lord, I pray for right perspectives of you. Lord, that we would see you rightly. Lord, that we would see you rightly, Lord. Lord, that we were by nature children of wrath, but because of your rich love and mercy, Lord, you have made us your sons and your daughters. Wow. Lord, I thank you for faith rising up in this room, for faith rising up in your goodness, for faith rising up in your grace, for faith rising up that it truly works. (laughs) Wow. I feel like the charge is to be amazed by the gospel. Like, to be amazed by it. And like, if this resonates with you, just stay in it. Like, read it, like, just stay in it. Don't go, like, don't go anywhere. Like, this week, just stay here and say, Lord, why? Like, if you're like, Lord, your love and mercy and grace towards me seem like these far off distant things. Ask him to make it real. He won't give you a stone. He'll give you bread. It will be real to you. He'll make it real. And so if we even could have our ministry teams come up and if, if you even just want prayer this morning of like, like if you're like, this sounds good to me, but I need it to impact my life, get prayer either from a ministry team or just someone in the room, like the, the gospel, this, by grace through faith, has enough power to completely transform your life and to give you, you'll be the energizer bunny for the gospel for the rest of your life. Like when we get this, it's like, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And so if you need prayer, just come up and get prayer. If not, you're free to go. You're blessed. Um, just stay in it. Just stay in it. His grace is sufficient for you. And faith is a gift, by the way. So your charger that he gives you to plug in is a gift from him. <laughs> your job just to plug it in. Just stay plugged in. Blessings. <laughs>